Hey, what up? It's Mark Carter. I'm the pastor of Fierce Church. Welcome to our podcast. I'm so pumped that you're able to join us today. I hope this encourages you, inspires you, strengthens you, gives you hope to keep pressing on. And it's my prayer that this sermon gives you a more expansive view of God's love for you. Enjoy the message. So on July 25th, celebrated half Christmas. We put up Christmas trees and we made cookies and we watched Christmas movies and it was the best thing ever. It was almost magical. And that week, something amazing happened. I got this package and I opened it up and I was lifting up the tissue paper and there was a sticker on it that said, well planned day. And as I opened it, it was my planner. I got a planner and I got it Christmas week and it was seriously so magical. And I've been carrying around this planner for like the whole time since then. And I've been writing in it and making lists in it and checking off lists. Raise your hand if you're a planner out there. Like it is so fun to plan. It's so fun to look and see what's going to happen. But I have to tell you, as I'm planning and as I'm writing down the things that are so important to me and the things that I want to happen, there are expectations that get attached to that. I start to think, well, if I write it down, that's how it's going to happen. And when those expectations don't get met, I get disappointed. I get disappointed. And you know what? This time, this pandemic season, the last six months have been filled with expectations that have been dashed and we have been left with disappointment. And it's not just that events have been canceled and that things have been really hard and we've been cooped up in our houses, but there have been deep, heavy prayers that we've been carrying. Prayers for the people that we love, people that have been in the hospital, people that have died, people that we have held so close. We have gone through so many situations lately where we have been disappointed and wondering, why is heaven quiet? Where is God? And we need an answer right now. You know. Our minds during this time, I don't know about you, but for me, my mind has been swirling. I have had more anxiety and panic. I have lost sleep because of everything that is going on. I get angry. I get impatient. Things happen to me. I even act out. And it's all because I'm holding it, binding it up against me, trying to fix it, trying to find some way to make things right. But I can't do it. And in them, my freedom is lost. I don't know what to do. And I'm reading my word like we're all supposed to be in our word, right? Because the word is the truth and the word is the life. And we're supposed to be reading it and getting our manna and our food from it. And as I read it, I read about how God split the Red Sea and how, you know, he looked at creation and he knew what he wanted to make. And he just said it. And there it was. And I read about how he healed people by just touching them. And I wonder, God, where are you right now? When are you going to move right now? When is it going to be time for you to change our circumstances and make things different? Where are you, God? And where does the truth play out in the middle of this pandemic? How are we supposed to deal with what is going on right now? We can be frozen in the middle in all of this tension, not knowing if we're supposed to keep dreaming, moving forward, doing what we're supposed to do, or if we're supposed to just sit down in it. Like, what are we supposed to do? And we're caught in between belief that God is who he says he is and unbelief that I don't know if this is ever going to change And we're trying so hard to fix something we can't fix. And we have a hard time letting this go, letting go of the expectations and the disappointments and the things that didn't happen the way that we thought they would. And we're caught here. And these expectations and disappointments hold us back from the freedom that Jesus died for us to live. But I have to tell you, 
there is a mission in the middle of this because Jesus doesn't deliver us from disappointment. He delivers us through it. So today we're going to be talking about Martha, Mary, and Lazarus and their interactions with Jesus. You see, they were really good friends. This wasn't a relationship like they saw Jesus and he healed people and they're like, hey, we're Martha, Mary, and Lazarus and I'm Jesus. No, these were like really good friends. Jesus would come and stay with them. Jesus ate with them. They were dear friends. So when Lazarus got really sick, like sick enough that Martha and Mary thought it wise to call on Jesus. And I don't know how they got the message to Jesus, but they did. And Jesus acknowledged it and he stayed there. I think a lot of us can really understand how Martha and Mary probably felt in that moment. You see, Jesus acknowledges the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic and this is really hard, but nothing has changed yet. We feel that. And a lot of us have heard the Martha, Mary, and Lazarus story, but can you just, if we just take a second and just really put ourselves in that moment, can you imagine what Martha and Mary felt at that moment? We read this story so often, but if we would put ourselves in their shoes, they called on their very dear friend. They had expectations of Jesus that he would come because of their relationship and he didn't come and Lazarus died. He died. And when Jesus got there, four days had passed since his death. And that's where we find ourselves in the middle of their disappointment. We're standing in the middle of our disappointment. So we're going to talk today about how Jesus helps us deal with disappointment. The first thing we need to do is we need to be honest with Jesus. We need to be honest with Jesus. It says in John 11, 21 through 24, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Now it doesn't say it in here, but I can just imagine how Martha is feeling right now. She's not happy camper. She is angry. She is conflicted. She is confused. Why weren't you here? If you had only been here, Lazarus would have lived. Where were you? Why didn't you come? And Jesus responded to her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Martha was very angry in this moment and she needed to name her problem. And her problem was that she didn't know that she could trust Jesus in this moment. And we need to name the problem in order to solve it. We can't solve a problem we won't name. For me, this has just come up recently. You see, I don't know how long this has been going on, but a problem that I've been having is not a physical problem like what Martha is going through right now. It was, it's a spiritual problem. You see, for some time now, I have been carrying around this shame bag. I don't even know where it came from. I don't know why I picked it up. But my friends, I have been grading myself. I have been having these legalistic tendencies that every time I have a conversation, every time I do something, I grade myself and I say what I did wrong and then I put it in my shame bag. Every time I don't like the way an interaction went, I write about it and put it in my shame bag. Every time I don't do things perfectly or I write an email that wasn't like had a mistake on it or whatever it is, I write about it and put it in my shame bag. And this bag, you guys, has gotten so heavy. I carry it around with me everywhere I go. And you know what it's done to me? It's stunted me. It has caused me to look at it before I respond to the Lord. This is so wrong. 
Like, so how this has affected me is when I want to communicate something, say with my team, I look at my shame bag first and I don't communicate well because I feel ashamed and my legalism and how much I've done wrong that I can't do it. When God has put something on my heart to share on social media, I don't do it because of my shame bag and all I've done before. This is wrong. And I need to know that I, I actually forgot to see that my legalistic tendencies are an enemy of Jesus. You see, Jesus opposes my legalism and I need to too. I need to reject it. I need to look at my shame bag and say, you are a lie. I am free in the Lord and I'm gonna make mistakes. And guess what? When Jesus saved me, when he plucked me out, when he decided to save me, I was broken. I was so lost and yet he took me out of it and he loves me and I am his child and that's all I wanna be. And so I need God to do that in me. I know that my shame bag is bananas, like just bananas. But God is teaching me that I need to name it as a problem and walk with him in it. It takes me bringing it to Jesus to see deliverance. It takes me being honest with Jesus. That this is what I'm carrying around. That this is what I need to let go so that I can be free and love people and love God as a child of God. I don't know if you relate to that, but y'all, we need to be honest with Jesus. And that's what Martha was. She was honest with Jesus. She was angry. She needed to not look at Jesus at her as her adversary in this moment. The problem with Martha is that she was approaching Jesus with expectations. She was approaching Jesus with a relationship that said, hey, we have a relationship together, so I expected you to come through the way that I wanted you to. Just like we do with our planners, we write things down. We expect God to do it what we, as we wrote it down, but that's not how Jesus works. Jesus has his own plans and his own methods and his own way. And we need to relax and trust the Lord in it and be honest with Jesus about how this is going with us. What was really supposed to happen in Martha's mind is that she was going to message Jesus and, me- and Jesus was going to come and he was going to lay his hands on Lazarus and Lazarus was going to be healed and Martha was going to make dinner and Mary was going to kneel at her feet and it was going to be great and normal and good. But that is not what happened. It's not what happened. She doesn't trust him in the reality of how things are going because she made a deal with him that he never made with her. And that's where it gets a little messy. He never said that he would deliver her of all of her problems. You see, we didn't think as a family that God would allow my daughter Skylar's play to be canceled when the pandemic started. We didn't think that the wave would be canceled or that our vacation would be weird and just not the same as normal. We didn't think that God would allow us to be so far apart from people and that we couldn't be together and our community would be torn apart. We didn't think that our public school children could not go back to school this fall. Like who would have ever thought that? We couldn't believe at the beginning of this that We would have a loss of graduations and proms and funerals and weddings and loss of jobs. Like all of these things happen and we would never have thought that God would allow them. But here we are in the middle of this and we need to be honest with Jesus about how this is making us feel and how we're dealing with this. I need to tell you though that in the midst of all this, in the midst of all the hardship, this is what you need to know. 
that maybe, just maybe, your faith is here for such a time as this, that you were filled up with this so that Jesus could move you through this time. I think so often about how Mordecai told Esther in Esther 4, perhaps you are here for such a time as this. I know things are crazy and hard and we never expected this. I thought this was gonna last for two weeks, but here we are six months later. And my friends, we are still here for such a time as this. God has something he wants to do in the middle of this. And in the midst of our disappointments, Jesus is delivering us so that we can say, I trust you despite what I see, despite how this makes me feel. So we need to admit when we're angry about this, these things. And we need to admit when we're sad and hurt about these things. And God knows how you feel. God knows what's in your heart. But when we grab his hand and we tell him and we're honest about it, that is where the intimacy happens. That is where we get really close to Jesus. And my friends, he wants to know. He wants to know about it. In John 16, 33, it says, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And we find that Jesus doesn't deliver us from disappointment. He delivers us through it. Weep with Jesus. Let's read in John eleven thirty three through 35. It says, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. And then Jesus wept. Jesus wept with Mary and Martha, and he weeps with you and I too. He grieves with us as we mourn, he mourns, and he wants to do that with us. The thing is, is that Jesus does, isn't afraid of admitting that something is dead. You know, before Jesus came back to Martha and Mary, he already knew that Lazarus had died. Check it out in verse four. It says, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Mary, Martha and Lazarus, and although Jesus loves you so much, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. You see, first, we need to let some of these expectations and these disappointments and the things that we're holding on to so, so hard, we need to let them die. You see, Lazarus was dead. It was over. There was nothing that the disciples, there was nothing that Martha and Mary, there was nothing that they could do about it. He was dead. And sometimes we get so chained um, to the thing we ultimately must let die. And it starts to consume us and take our focus. And we try so hard to try to fix it. But what we really need to do is we need to let it die. And in this death, that is where we find freedom. You see, we need to choose to grieve with Jesus. Jesus is not your adversary, friends. He is not up in heaven stoically observing us saying, why don't you get yourself together? 
He has his arms open wide to you, waiting for you to come to him. You have to choose to grieve with Jesus and tell him how it really is. So back when this pandemic started, two of my friends and I started using this app called Marco Polo. And it's been so fun for us because we didn't get to really see each other. We still don't get to see each other as much as we'd like. And so throughout the day, throughout the week, we're Marco Poloing each other in this video app and we're telling each other of all the fun things that are happening. Like, um, look at my house. What am I gonna do with this? Like, this is crazy. To all of the fun celebratory things and we're celebrating with one another to the things that are really hard and we can grieve together and pray for one another. And that's what Jesus wants to do with you too. He wants you to Marco Polo him. He wants you to tell him about the good things and the bad things and the hard things and things that hurt so much you can't even handle it. And he wants you to tell him about it. And he wants to grieve with you in it. He wants to meet you in the middle of your grief and you can weep with Jesus there. You see, Jesus is grieving with you, but you need to draw near to him. The closeness that comes from walking with Jesus, that is where that intimacy comes from. When you really come near to Jesus and let him know how hard it is. So way back when my second oldest Skylar was born, shortly after she was born, I actually got pregnant again. And I was so surprised and elated and scared. And then we went to our doctor's appointment and we found out that we were having twins. And then we were elated and scared and like, what the heck are we gonna do? But still so thankful and excited. But there was something that the doctor saw that was just off with what he was seeing on the sonogram screen. And so he sent us home and had us come back two weeks later. But in those two weeks, Y'all, we were like in faith praying for these babies because that's what happens when you hear some hard news, you're like, we are praying for this. This is going to happen. And so we started by faith praying for these babies. We started getting excited about the adventure that God had for us with twins. Like, what are we going to do? I don't know, but this is exciting, right? And so we started to pray and get excited. And then when we went back two weeks later, it was so clear that the babies had died and they were no longer there. They were gone. And it was in those months that followed that I think that was one of the most intimate times I had with Jesus. As I walked with him hand in hand, it was like he invited me to walk on with him because there was so much fear and so much hurt and so much sadness in the midst of that. And God led me to this verse and I want to read it to you today. It's not on the screen, but just listen to this because it really helped me. And honestly, I think it's a word for some of you. It says in Psalm 27, 14, it says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. And I, th I think God is telling some of you today, you need to wait for the Lord. He's not done yet. He is with you in this. He is going to move still. And even though it's so hard and you don't know what's next, God is with you in it. So just be strong, take courage and wait for the Lord. You see, we need to tell him, how much we're hurt, how sad we are. We need to tell him how we really feel. We, we have to stop minimizing it. We need to be real with Jesus. And honestly, figuratively, we need to have a funeral. There are some things that we are holding on so hard to that we want to change. Maybe for you, it's a relationship that is just layers and layers of pain and you need to let it go. Maybe for you, it was a deep hurt, like a baby loss that you need to let go and, and hope again. I don't know what it is for you, but for me, I find it really therapeutic for me to take that thing, whatever it is, and figuratively bury it in the ground 
and put flowers on it because it was meaningful. It was important. It was something that meant something. But unless I let it go, God can't move in it. I need to release it to the Lord and bury it in the ground to Jesus and let him do what only he can do. Because my friends, Jesus doesn't resurrect what we are trying to keep alive. He only resurrects things that we release and things that we let go of. And so we need to admit it and mourn it and grieve with authenticity. Take my pain, God, and make it my gain. And we find that in this grieving, Jesus is our portion. We thought that we needed this thing to happen so bad. And until this thing happened, we were not going to be happy. But really, once we let it go, we find that Jesus is all we need. And that as we release it and as we empty ourselves, we fill up with Jesus. And we find that he is all we need and that he is our portion Psalm 32, 7 says, You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Can you just imagine what that's like? As you're walking through your day, songs of deliverance are being sung around you. You are not done yet. God is with you. I am not going to let you go. I have a good plan for your life. I am before you and behind you. I am carrying you through this. This is not the end. We need to believe Jesus. The next thing we need to do is we need to believe with Jesus. It says in John eleven twenty five through 26, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will live and never die. Do you believe this, Martha? My friends, it is so easy, especially in a time like this, to fall in a pit. Whether it's we've fallen into it or we've been pushed in or we just accidentally trip into the pit, we can get really comfortable in there, right? And we can start to write about what our life is like on the walls of our pit. We can understand life through the lens of what it looks like. And we need to take time now to reframe the narrative we've been living in. We need to reframe what we've been speaking over ourselves because it is too easy to read the walls of lies. We need to get up out of the pit, stand up strong and say, this is what God says. I'm going to believe this because it's in his word. I'm going to believe this because this is what Jesus says over me. And I'm going to start to walk in it. I'm going to believe with Jesus. So here's three things that you need to believe. First, you need to believe that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you right here, right now. He loves you so much. Second, you need to believe that Jesus is able. Y'all, he is the resurrection and the life. Nothing is impossible with him. It's hard for us, but it is no big deal for him. We need to stir up our hearts and get ready to see miracles. We can no longer sit down in this. We need to stand up and get ready. We are the Christians that are here for such a time as this. So we need to be asking God, where do you want me to love people? Who do you want me to speak to? Where do you want me to go in this time to be the biggest influence I can? Because I am here and I am ready. People need Jesus's love. They need to hear the gospel during this time more than ever anything else. And we need to be found believing Jesus in the middle of this. Third, we need to know that we need to believe that Jesus is after the glory of God. Y'all, we get in the way too often. If Martha and Mary had their way, they would have like 
done everything possible to keep Lazarus alive. But don't you know he had to die? And when he died, that is when the greater purpose happened. God has a greater purpose for this time, for this season, for this pandemic in your life and in the lives of those you love. Because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. Sometimes we can get so stuck in the valley and we are so tempted to raise our fist in the air and say, why God, why? When God, when? When are you gonna bring the change? But my friends, we need to remind ourselves of who we serve because you serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is the first and the last, my friends. He is the one who calls the stars by name. So we need to talk to ourselves. And it's so important that we talk out loud out of yourselves. And I know you may think it's silly as you're walking through the grocery store or through your house to talk out loud, but you all need to do it. Because when you do it, your ears hear you and it goes deep into your heart and you start to believe and your faith grows and you need to say what is true out of your mouth. You need to reframe the narrative that is going on in your mind. So we need to say, he will keep his promise to me. He will keep his promise to you. He will lead you through this. I am who God says I am. I am defined by the word, not by my circumstance. And we need to get ready for revival. You guys, God is moving in this time. We need to get ready. We need to let Jesus be Jesus. Listen to this from John 11:39 through 44. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Isn't it just like us to try to interrupt what God is about to do? Oh my goodness, God is about to move. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside and then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they would believe you sent me. And then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out and his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. I just want to speak into you real quick. There are some of us in this season that have allowed ourselves to be wrapped in grave clothes. We have allowed our hands to be bound and we have allowed ourselves to be just sat down in the middle of this because we don't know what to do. And it's like we have literally wrapped ourselves in grave clothes and just decided to stop and to give up. But I wanna tell you, it is not time to give up. This is the time that God is about to move and we need to help each other. We need to rally around each other, speak truth over each other and unwrap one another from these grave clothes because God is about to move and we have to stop putting God in a box. So my husband has these three words that he uses when he sees that I'm really frustrated. It's usually tech related. I just, I can't figure it out. And he'll come up to me and he'll say, I've got this. Those three words put me at ease. All of the stress leaves me. I give it over to him and I'm like, you've got this. And that's just what Jesus is telling you today. I've got this son, I've got this daughter in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of this craziness. God's 
got this. He's still on the throne. He still knows what to do. And he is leading you through this. But we have to stop predicting how he's going to bring the miracle because he does it differently for every person. He's got a unique plan for everyone's deliverance. For somebody in the Bible, it was put mud on your eyes and you'll be healed. For others, it was get up, pick up your mat and walk. For Lazarus, it was come out of the grave. For every person, it's different. Maybe for you, it is you need to have that hard conversation. Because until you do, until you just have it, you're not going to have restoration with that person. Perhaps for you, you need to repent. You need to take time to give to God the fear, the anxiety, the things, the, maybe the bitterness, the things that you've been holding so tightly to. You need to repent of them because that is where true freedom and healing come from. Perhaps for you, it is this hurt that you're holding onto that you don't know what to do. And perhaps today it is time for you to lay it down and receive from Jesus healing and peace again and hope. God has hope for you in this. God is all about suddenlies. He can move in any moment, but church family, I need you to know something. God has a timetable, but it's not always ours. I can write down everything in my planner and get so excited about it, but it does not mean it's going to happen the way I planned. We need to be able to trust Jesus that he is leading us the right way in the right time. And in the midst of all this, I want to encourage you that it's time to respond. You see, it is not time to just sit down in this. It is not time to be quiet. It is not time to continue walking around in grave clothes. It is time to be the Christians who are here during this pandemic time. Do you know that we are the generation here? We are here on purpose for such a time as this and we are supposed to be the light of the world. We wanna let Jesus be Jesus through us. That is what we are called to do right now. So my friends, freedom comes when we lay down our expectations and we let Jesus be Jesus. So throughout the day, it could be like 50 gazillion times. I want you to be honest with Jesus in the moment. I want you to weep with Jesus when it hurts, when it's so hard. Get near to him. Weep with him. And then I want you to believe with Jesus. And then let Jesus be Jesus. And then repeat again and again and again and again. Because this life is a journey. It is a process and there is freedom when we look to Jesus. We wait on him for the resurrection, for the deliverance that he is bringing. So he will always come. So we know that he is our portion here in this pandemic. And so we trust and we wait on him. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we just want to praise you and thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you that in the middle of this chaos, in the middle of the crazy, you are here with us. Even though expectations have been dashed, even though we hold these disappointments, God, we want to be honest with you. We want to weep with you and get closer to you than we've ever been. And God, we want to believe you for who you are and what you're going to do. And God, we want to let you be Jesus. We want to let you be the God you are. God, we praise you. We trust you. We walk in the tension knowing that you are still on the throne. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously to support this ministry. It's because of you that this is possible. You can click on the link in the description to give now 
or visit fierce.church for more information. If you enjoyed this, why not subscribe, share it with your friends, click on the share button and take a screenshot and then share it on social media or your social stories. Hey, whatever challenges you're facing, I know you can make it. Don't give up. Hang on to Jesus. He won't let go of you. Thanks for listening.